Lord Rama, which is Ramante Jogino Anante Satyanande Chidatmani. Actually, maybe I can put it in the chat for you. You can all see that, right? I'll put it there. So Ramante Yogino Auto. Shiratmani Oops. There, there it is. So you can all see it now. Ramante Yogi no Anante. So the first line means that the yogis, which here means spiritual practitioners. Spiritual practitioners, Ramante, enjoy, enjoy Anante in the infinite, in, in the infinite, in the unlimited, Ananta. Anta means we still have the same word in English, end, ant, end. So Ananta, endless, unlimited, infinite. So the spiritual practitioners do not enjoy in that which is limited, they enjoy in that which is unlimited. Ramante yogi no anante. And that ananta, that unlimited is satyanande. It is the bliss of truth. Because in material life, we are seeking the happiness of a lie, the happiness of an illusion. That illusion, that lie is that I am the body. I am a material body, which is obviously not true because we have continuous personal identity despite the fact the body is changing and reproducing all of its elements every so often. So if we try to enjoy by thinking I am the Lord of this world or I am this body or I can exploit this world in some way, that is seeking the pleasure of illusion. But there is another kind of pleasure. There is another kind of bliss, which is satya ananda. It is the happiness of the truth. And that truth is chidatmani, the conscious soul. The conscious soul, chidatmani. And so, and that conscious soul, ultimately, there is a supreme conscious soul. There is a supreme paramatma. And so therefore, iti, thus, because of this fact that the spiritual practitioners enjoy in the infinite, in the bliss of the truth of the conscious self, including the supremely conscious self, therefore, iti, ramapadena, asau, Therefore, it is by the word. Padena here means by the word. Padaka means word. So it is by the word Rama. Iti Rama Padena. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll just separate the words so you can see it. Iti Rama Padena. Thus, by the word Rama, aso that 
supremely conscious soul, that Parang Brahma uh, is avi deity, is designated, is understood by the word Rama. So this is an etymology of the word Rama. This is what the word Rama means, the source of all pleasure. And if you understand Sanskrit, then you understand that the verb, the original verb is rum, uh, not as in the Caribbean beverage rum, but this is the Sanskrit verbal root. And so, <laughs> so the long A, instead of rum, like Ramante, it's Rama. So that long A, if you know Sanskrit grammar, indicates the causative form of the verb in Sanskrit, which means that which is the source of pleasure. So the word Rama is here defined as being the source of all happiness, the, the supreme Brahman, the absolute truth. So um, this is Rama. And of course, Lord Rama has specific pastimes, which are very famous. How he uh, married Sita and performed so many ecstatic superhuman deeds. How Sita was kidnapped, how Rama rescued her and so on. So if we look at Lord Rama, one thing I should also mention in the list of incarnations in the third canto of the Bhagavatam, uh, the first description of Rama is Naradeva Twam Apanat, which I will also put in the chat for you because this is what the Bhagavatam says is, is a special feature of Lord Rama in the list of incarnations in the third canto. Uh, and I'll separate the different parts of the words so you can understand it easier. Uh, So Nara is a man, Nara, and Deva is a god. And Twam means the status of, or the position of, Nara Deva Twam. So um, this is a word for king, sort of, you know, that god among men, Nara Deva, because the king in, in the, of course, God-given Vedic culture, uh, a bona fide king, not an imposter, not a fool, but a real king rules by divine right. Naradeva, therefore a king is called Naradeva, God among men, or representing God among men, standing in God's place among men. And so Apanak, Apanak in Sanskrit means one who has taken on, or one who has assumed the position of an earthly king. In other words, a divine figure among men. So Rama, Lord Rama came to demonstrate uh, the, the behavior of a perfect king. And it's very interesting because in, if you look at Sanskrit, you know, the Vaishnava literature, the Vedic literature, uh, there are different categories of literature such as Shruti. And even in Shruti, there are different subcategories such as Sanghitas and Brahmanas and Aranyakas and Upanishads and the Shrota Sutras and so on and so forth. So there are different categories of literature in the Shruti category. And then in the one of the oldest Upanishads, the Chandogya Upanishad, it is said, uh, Itihasu Puranancha 
Panchamo Veda Uchate, that the Itihasa, the histories and the Puranas are uh, called the fifth Veda. So the Vedas call Itihasa Purana the fifth Veda. I'll, I'll show you the word Itihasa, it, which means history in Sanskrit. And it's actually a combination of three words. Uh, the word itihasa is actually itihasa, which means thus in the past it was. So that's the word for history in Sanskrit. Itihaha means in the past, asa, it was. Thus it was in the past, itihasa. And of course, Purana, ancient stories. So in the Purana category, there are 18 major Puranas. In the itihasa category, there are two very famous works, which are Ramayana and Mahabharata. Great Bharata. So, interestingly, if you one of the differences between the Itihas and Purana because they share many stories. For example, in the Bhagavatam, which is the Emalang Purana, we find the story of Rama. So uh, they share different features. But what distinguishes the Itihasa, if we look at it carefully, is that in Itihasa you have an entire work focused on one major avatara so that the Mahabharata for example which talks about so many things but ultimately it's about Krishna and Krishna's Shuddha Bhaktas his pure devotees the Pandavas and so many others Kunti, Draupadi and so on so and in the Ramayan in the Ramayan uh, of course obviously the focus is on Rama Ayana. Ayana in Sanskrit comes from the root E to go. So literally the goings of Ram or the activities of Ram, Lord Rama. So um, Krishna, Krishna of course appeared 5,000 years ago. And interestingly, if you compare these two itihasas in the Mahabharata, uh, it really is talking about, as the name suggests, Bharata. It's talking about a whole region of the world, Bharata. And it talks about different kingdoms and kings and battles and Brahmins and sages. So it's really, of course, the main figure is Krishna. And in the Mahabharata, Krishna speaks Bhagavad Gita, which is most important. But in the, in the Ramayana, it's not really about all of India. It's not about all of, of greater Bharata. Like we have Great Britain. So we have great Bharata, Mahabharata. And so in the Ramayan, uh, the Ramayan does not really give you this broad picture of sort of everything that is going on in South Asia at the time and all the different kingdoms and the alliances and so on. So in the Ramayan, of course, we started a Yodhya where uh, Ramachandra Suryavangsha was based and and then of course rama goes into the forest he goes into the forest when he's uh you know banished by his father and of course it breaks his father's heart and he dies dasharatha and then sita is stolen and rama has to go down to uh he has to go down to um to sri lanka so if you know where Ayodhya is, Ayodhya is in northern India. It's up in the north. 
east of Delhi and east of Hastinapur. And um, so Ramchandra does effectively go from Hastinapur, uh, I mean, sorry, from Ayodhya down into the central part of India near the Deccan when he meets uh, Shurpanaka and all these people and eventually goes all the way down. So he really traverses all of India in his pastimes, but we're really following him. We don't, it's not a story about everything that was going on geopolitically in India at the time, or especially Northern India, the Kurus, Panchalas, the uh, Yadus, the, the uh, of course, Jarasandha and Magadha and so on and so forth. So really in the, in the case of Lord Ramchand, and also another point is that because Krishna took, chose to take birth in the Yadu dynasty, who did not become kings because Earlier, when Yayati was cursed because of taking on secretly a co-wife, Sharmista, Yayati was cursed by uh, Devayani's father, Professor White, which is a direct translation of Shukracharya. That just means Professor White. And so uh, Shukracharya cursed Yayati to give up, to lose his youth at once and become old. And he was very unhappy about that. He said, I have desires to work through. And if I don't work through my desires, I'm gonna have to come back here. So he asked his sons, give me your youth. Let me work through my material desires. And then I'll give you back your youth. I'll take my old age and I'll, at the end, I'll give you back your youth. So all the sons said, sorry, dad, but uh, you know, no Vedic cigar there. So then, um, so what happened then is that um, one son, Puru, said, I will do it. So Yadu was one of the sons of Yayati who wouldn't take that uh, curse. And so therefore he cursed all these sons, these non-compliant sons that you will never be kings. And so that's why Krishna and the Yadu dynasty, the Yadus were always princes. They didn't actually become kings because of this curse. So if you look at the two itihasas, which are really the only two sustained studies we have in our literature of Krishna's avatars, many avatars are mentioned, Narasingha and, um, and so many others, Matsya, Kurma, and so on, the Dash avatars and, and others. However, uh, we don't, I mean, you know, we get a few chapters on all these avatars. We don't get a whole big book. So that's the really the special characteristic of the Itihasas is that they give us a, this very long sustained description of, a, of, of an important avatar. And if you look at the two, the two Itihasas, it's only Ramchandra. Krishna in, in his form is Ramchandra, that actually becomes a king. And so therefore, if you, if you look at all the Puranas and Itihasas, we really only have one story, which is an extended, sustained description of Krishna acting as a king. And that's why in India, there's this hankering for uh, Ram Raja, because that's the only divine Raja that's fully described 
in our Vaishnava literature. So that 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 and so that has obviously been historically the the you know great cultural power of the Ramayana within Indian culture. So um, anyway, Lord Rama, uh, you know, as they say, what's there not, not to like? I mean, Lord Rama is a very noble person and um, I mean, he's Krishna, but you know, it's a very attractive story. And um, what, what I, I was thinking today when I heard that Nitai Gora Sundar, my fellow preacher, that um, <laughs> they were gonna speak on Lord Rama, that um, I was just thinking of how kind Krishna is that he really cares about us. He actually cares about us. And that amazing fact, I mean, that astonishment that someone as great as God would care about people as kind of, in some ways, pathetic as us, you know, it really shows his mercy. And so, and it actually reminds me very much of a a, uh, a question which is engraved on the crown. They used to have, you know, buildings that have little crowns around the top and then they have engravings. So in Harvard, uh, in the Harvard Yard, or is with, a, I guess, with a Boston accent, the Harvard Yard, in the Harvard Yard, there is a philosophy building called Emerson Hall. And unlike nowadays, the Harvard philosophers used to be very pious. And so on this building, it's engraved a biblical question, sort of rhetorical question, which is, what is man that thou art mindful of him? In other words, who are we as human beings that God himself even thinks about us, cares about us, to be mindful of someone? What is man that thou, you, God, or who are we? small human beings that you, the almighty God, actually care about us and are thinking of us. And so it's sort of in that spirit that I think of Lord Ramchandra, that even though he is so infinitely great and we kind of know who we are, you know, we know sort of the, the hard truth about our present situation, and yet Krishna is so merciful, so kind, and of course in his form of Lord Rama and other forms, that he really cares about us. He really cares about us. He comes down to this world and lives a whole human life, even you know, in, in, in a pastime which is not very popular uh, with many devotees, when he sent Sita away, that he, um, he gave up his own personal happiness for the sake of the citizens because he knew where it was going to go. He heard in the city one foolish person was criticizing him for taking back seats and he knew where, the, where it would lead. So, um, of course, he's never separated from Sita. Sita and Ram are eternally together. And uh, so he can't imitate this extreme uh you could say self-abnegation self-denial for the for a higher cause 
Of course, Lord Rama is always with Sita. But still, anyway, we have this amazing pastime where Krishna, I mean, Krishna knows he's like the original mutant. You know, like they have these Avengers, DC Comics, and, uh, and um, what's the other one? Marvel Comics. And so if you think about it, Lord Rama comes down and, you know, he's fighting all these demons, these monsters. It's like, it's great stuff. So who needs Marvel? Who needs the Marvel universe or the DC universe when you have the Ramayana? And Krishna is so loving. When Ram comes down, he, he, he designs, he choreographs his pastimes. And, and so, you know, there's heartbreak, there's, there's romantic love, there's adventure, there's fighting great demons. Finally, the battle with Ravana. It's, it's, you know, and then that, you know, the big sort of, what's his name? Uh, my God, I can't believe it. You know, uh, Ravana's brother. Kumbhakarna. Yeah, Kumbhakarna, kind of like this big, I mean, I don't think he got a really high score in his uh, SATs. But, you know, Kumbhakarna, this um, sort of this giant monster, rah, you know, he just... And so it's, um, yeah, it's Marvel Comics before there was Marvel Comics. And, and, and the great thing is it's actually real. I mean, it really happened. And of course, Ram Chandra is very famous for his uh, pastime of Setu Vanda, of, of building a bridge across the ocean. Um, you know, don't try that. You might hurt yourself. So, th you know, throwing, the monkeys were, and, and so these monkeys, which are actually the Ramayan uh, Vanaras, and there's some discussion of, you know, what species these Vanaras really were, because they're, you know, they're perfectly, perfectly fluent talking monkeys, which means they're not really monkeys as, you know, Kali Yuga monkeys. They're obviously have a lot more going for them, but, and so, and so if you saw in the, um, the last um, Star Wars episode before they started making all the new Star Wars that no one really wants to watch, but when they had this, uh, you know, all these like monkey-like creatures help the good guys. And that of course came right out of the Ramayan. So, uh, and, and, and Lachman, I mean, the, the, just the, and the amazing relationship between Ramchandra and his brothers Lakshman, uh, Shatrugna, and uh, the fourth one is? Bharat Maharaj. Bharat, of course, Bharat Maharaj. So, I mean, the, this amazing sort of divine example of fraternal cooperation. And, uh, and Sita, beautiful, beautiful Sita. So it's... Um, it's a great story. And of course, Kaikei, not everyone's favorite queen. You know, th there's another interesting thing. There's another interesting aspect of this story, and that is in the death of Dasharath, which is ultimately attributed to a curse when he had a hunting accident. It also shows you that the sort of like the Vedic strategy to establish moral principles, because 
it's a general principle that if you if you make a law that people won't follow, it just undermines the the the, the foundation of of civilization. That's called that's why it's called zero tolerance. That that criminology discovery of zero tolerance that. If you allow minor crimes, then people also commit major crimes. And so therefore, if you tell kings you can't hunt, they'll do it anyway, and it will just sort of undermine the very principle of, of Shastric authority. And so therefore, the strategy toward this you find in the Shastra is to say, okay, kings can hunt, but then you have all these stories where kings destroy their lives by hunting accidents. I mean, some of the most famous kings in history ruin their lives in hunting accidents. I mean, Dasharatha is an example. Of course, um, Pandu, the great Pandu, who's a pure devotee, according to the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the great Pandu and, uh, and Pariksi. So you have three of the greatest kings in all history, Dasharatha, uh, Pandu, Pariksi. And they basically, ruin their lives, they lose their lives uh, because of hunting accidents. So, so the message is clear here. Anyway, so, um, so we should be just, we should be filled with gratitude always that the Lord cares about us so much that he actually comes to this world and brings this sort of super Broadway show. And it's, you know, it's like the greatest show on earth. And all these pastimes complete with, you know, you know, moving romantic love and, and, and rivalries and wars, monsters, it, you know, it's all there. It's all there in these great stories. So it just has to be presented appropriately to a modern audience. Anyway, so with gratitude, eternal gratitude to Lord Rama, uh, we, we celebrate him. And of course, Sita, Sita Ram, Raghupati, Raghava, Raja Ram. Lord Rama appeared in the uh, dynasty of Raghu. Therefore, uh, it, and so often the the kings in a dynasty sort of take the name of their founder, like the Kurus, because there was a King Kuru, or the Yadus, because they king, come from King Yadu. Similarly, in Lord Ramchandra's dynasty, they come from Raghu. And therefore, Raghu also indicates the dynasty, and Ram, therefore, is Raghupati. He's the lord of that dynasty. Raghupati and then Raghava, from the word Raghu, Someone who is in the Raghu dynasty is called Raghava. So Raghupati Raghava Raja Ram. And it's very interesting, the fact that he's called Raja. And, and so that Naradevatwam, the fact that he really, among the various avatars, he really came to show what a human being does or should do as a king, as a, de, as a Naradeva. So Raghupati Raghava Raja Rama, Patita Pavana, Savior of the fallen, Patita Pavana Sita Ram. So in this uh, little song, it really sort of describes everything. Maybe we could sing it just for a minute. I will 
try to, I, I'll start. I don't have my opera spray, but I'll try to do it anyway. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be shaky. He's borrowing it and doesn't give it back. Okay, so ready? <clears throat> Ragupati Raghava Raja Rama Patita Pavana Sita Ram Ragupati, all of you. Ragupati Raghava Raja Ram Patita Pavana Sita Ram Ragupati Raghava Raja Ram Patita Pavana Sita Ram Ragupati Raghava Raja Ram Patita Pavana Sita Ram So thank you. Uh, any questions? Do you have any questions? Just uh, you can uh, swipe your credit card. We have a little icon bottom there, and then uh, when when I when it clears, then I, I I will indicate that you can ask your question. Okay, Marat, can I ask you a question? Yes, of course you can. You you said Marat that what we. Uh, we should love, we, 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 we're bound to love everything about Rama. And then you also said that when he banished Sita, a lot of devotees, uh, it's hard to accept the how, how we can justify that. So how we start loving that, Maharaj? Well, I think to love that, you know, you know what they say, if everything else fails, read the instructions. And so what we actually know is that um, Sita and Ram are eternally together. And so if they were really separated, then we could lament, but actually they're not. They're eternally together. And so if we remember that, if we remember, like why are we even listening at all to the story of Sita Ram? If Ram? If Ram is not God, why are we even listening to this story at all? And if he is God, then he and Sita are eternally together. And so Ram is, Prabhupada, I remember one time he was giving a class in Los Angeles and uh, he was talking about Raghunath Dasa Goswami who was exhibiting this extraordinary detachment where every day he would just eat a few grains of, of uh, rejected rice, a few rejected grains of rice. And then Prabhupada said, do not try to imitate Raghunath Das Goswami or you will fall down. So, or just like, for example, the banishing of uh, Junior Haridas, Chota Haridas, for an offense which, I mean, I mean, on our best days, we only commit that offense. So, so these extreme examples we can't imitate because uh, we can't imitate the Lord. So still we can appreciate how much he wanted to emphasize that a, a ruler, a king must always think of the citizens first. And he and Sita are eternally together. So we just have to remember the facts of the matter. Thank you, Maharaj. So any other question? Okay.
So thank you very much. Thank you, Manju. Manju is... Uh, that's my minuet cell phone. Um, yeah, Manju is such a good colleague. She always invites me. So thank you all very much. It's very nice to spend some time with you. And, uh, and I hope I'll see you again soon. Thank you, Maraj. Thank you, Maraj. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Maraj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.